Heavenly gracious God, we thank you for who you are and who you continue to be in each of our lives. Forgive us for each and every known sin, be it words, thoughts, or deeds, that we've committed against you and anyone else. And we thank you for what Jesus Christ did at the cross of Calvary for each one of us. As we enter the message, we ask you to allow your Holy Spirit to take it and make it real unto the listeners, and continue to make it real for my life. In Jesus Christ's name we ask you and thank you. Amen. Welcome back to Challenges of Faith radio program. I'm Jerry McKeon. So the question is pertaining to our intellect, our emotions, and our will. And I know you have your ink pen or pencil or iPad or whatever you may have. 
Now, faith, F-A-I-T-H, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Find that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and verse 6. And the question you got to ask and answer, what does it take to come to God? That's a legitimate question. I know you have the answer to it, but is that the biblical answer? Not your answer, not mine, not your pastor, your mom, rabbi, priest, or human teacher, but from God's perspective. I mean, should you raise your hand to that soul-inspiring music? Should you make a large donation to a place of worship or some form of a ministry? Should you cry at the pastor's invitation to go forward at the end of a church service? And if that be the case, then I know you know that none of these things are going to get God's attention in your life. But do you notice, if you remember what he did, let us know that would get his attention. Do you remember what that is? Faith in his son, Jesus Christ, only by faith can we please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And I know you wrote it down when I first talked about it. Did you hear anything about you need to speak a different language? Did you? Other scripture says the same thing. When you come to God, you come with faith only in Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 22 through 24, and Romans chapter 3, verse 28 say that you don't come to God through the law. Galatians 5, verse 6 says you don't come to God through circumcision or becoming Jewish or any other religion. Is that what you've been trying to do, to go to God? What has it? And you're learning, hope you're learning under the power of the Holy Spirit of God, not from me, not from your pastor, but from God through his word. Did you only come to God for salvation by faith plus nothing? Because our loving God accepts you based on your faith in his son and his son alone. And even in reality, if you did everything else to look, to look religious, And if you did all those things but did not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ only for your salvation, guess what? You'll be lost. But the scripture has made it clear because the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. And you can find that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 22 through 24. I know you wrote it down. And do you notice in the word it says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. And you can find that in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. And if you continue writing, I know you will. 
The word lets us know, therefore, we conclude that a man and woman is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. You can see that in Romans chapter 3, verse 28. And the question that you really need to ask and answer, you know, is true. What is faith? I'm going to wait because I know you have the answer. Matter of fact, I'm going to take a sip of my water. Last time it was coffee. Well, oh, you have an answer yet? Oh. Well, you know, faith is the one thing that you and I need to be accepted by God. So you got to make sure you know what faith is. Do you know what it is? Well, not only that, do you know what it isn't? You sure? Well, one thing we do know. Faith is not an idea or a theory. It's not mystical outside reality. It's not your best feeling about God. It's not just anything that describes or touches our soul. Faith in faith, it doesn't matter. As long as you have faith in something, it doesn't amount to anything. And think about it, the best and only place to go to understand what faith is, is the, guess what? I know you're ready. The Word of God. The Word of God. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. Faith is a personal confidence in God. That's all it is. We're talking about that confidence that touches everything that you and I are, part of God's design for us as humans. You are human, aren't you? Because, you know, we have something the robots don't have. You see, we're made up of three parts. We have the intellect, the emotions, and the will. And do you notice how all three of them work together? Do you notice that? Do you notice that the church directs this message to only one part and we only respond on that level alone? Do you notice that nothing sustains you and I in the message? Our God, our loving God directs the gospel to all three parts of men and women, women and men. And you notice how he invites you and I to respond in all three parts of our being? Do you notice that? Do you notice how, again, faith speaks to the intellect? Come to God with intellectual questions, and he'll give you evidence for your mind to consider. Do you notice that? And do you notice that once you place your faith in him, that God moves in and the Holy Spirit of God makes it real to the heart and life? Do you notice that? Do you notice that God does not ask anybody to take a leap in the dark when they come to him? That faith rests upon the tangible? Because Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, I know you wrote it down. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith is no gamble. It's the surest thing there is. Think about it. Look at the very first man who responded by faith to God. Do you remember who that was? The word lets us know by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And you can find that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. And the question is, how could Abel offer his sacrifice to God by faith? Well, he can only offer it if God had revealed what pleases him. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Remember now, Abel had heard something, either through Adam or God revealed himself directly and said, now that you're out of the Garden of Eden, it's going to be necessary for you to bring a sacrifice to me. And you remember, 
And that sacrifice must witness to the fact that you're a lost sinner. And only the shedding of blood makes it possible for me, a holy God, to forgive your sin. You know, evil thoughts, words, or deeds. So bring a little lamb and it'll be accepted because I in time will send my son, the lamb of God, to take away the sins of the world. Guess what? So Abel heard, and then he believed God. Faith is confidence in God. If you met Abel on the way to make his sacrifice and ask him what he was doing, he'd say, here's what I know. My father, Abel, my father Adam was put out of the Garden of Eden because he disobeyed God. And I know I've inherited a nature that's in disobedience to God. God says because I'm a lost sinner and he's holy, I'm to bring this little lamb. So that's what I'm doing. Abel evidence that he believed and had confidence in God. And that faith came because he had a revelation. He had something from God. Now, Cain, his brother, on the other hand, refused to believe God. Which one of those individuals represent you and me? Because our faith rests upon documented evidence, the word of God. And truly, our Savior did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. You can find it in John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. You remember when John could have written about many other things, but I have put down in black and white this tangible evidence so you can know Jesus is the Christ. Do you remember? But brother, how sort of faith for those of you who don't know him who died for you, God is not asking you to take a leap in the dark. He's only asking you to examine the evidence. Our Lord said, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. You can see that in John chapter 5, verse 24. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in him. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his son. And you can see that in 1 John chapter 5, verse 10. That's the reason, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible not to believe God because when you don't, you make him a liar. But when you do accept that record, you exhibit confidence in God. It's really simple. And this is a testimony that God has given us eternal life. Do you know it's not temporary life? And this life is in his son. Do you notice this not speaking a certain language, dancing a certain dance, wearing certain clothes? He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you notice it didn't say that you may guess and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. You can find that in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 through 13. I know you wrote it down. We're talking about believe God. That's all Abraham did. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. You can see it in Romans chapter 4, verse 3. And you notice how Abraham was a good man. But he also knows he didn't count on his own righteousness. Do you notice he was told to believe God, and Abraham said, I believe you. 
I have confidence in God. This is what God asks of you and of me. You know, someone had asked a uh, theologian one time, do you feel you've been forgiven? You know what he said? No. But I'm as sure as there's a God in heaven. But feelings come and feelings go. Feelings are deceiving. You know they are. The word of God is what we believe. Nothing else is worth believing. You see, that theologian had documented evidence that God appeals to the mind and asks you to examine the evidence. If you think faith is contrary to reason or to knowledge, you're wrong because God begins with you there. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our Lord said in John chapter 17, verse 3, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is how Paul could say, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. You can find that in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. I know you wrote it down. So you see how that faith is not contrary to reason because God appeals to the intellect of men and women, women and men. Do you notice that? Are you sure? All right. Dear Heavenly Gracious God, we thank you. We love you. We praise you for who you are and who you continue to be in our lives. Thank you for your only son dying on the cross of Calvary for me was buried and rose again the third day according to the scripture and because I believe as you have asked and that's the requirement to be heaven bound to be eternally with you absent from the body and present with you we thank you we thank you for the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit of God who illuminates your word teaches us Direct us, guide us, like Psalm 32 talks about. Oh, God, Father, thank you for all the goodness you've done in our life, the trials you allow us to go through, the trials letting us know that you're with us, like you were with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, like you was with Daniel, like you were with every believer of the household of faith that's been, that is, and that will be. In Jesus' precious name, we ask you and thank you. Amen. And you know what? At, at the end of the day, there's really only one word that just sums up all of that we've talked about tonight, and that is amen. So all God's people said amen. amen. And Larnell, you have not only a choir back here, but you got this choir here. Here we go. So here we go. Let's have it. Let's do it. Here's what you say. Amen. We're singing amen. I'm singing amen. 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 Sing it over one time, too. Listen to my story.
Jamaican. You know that he's making a 